I've had a long relationship with this story in Mark 5, 1 to 20 of the Gerasene demoniac. In college, I wrote a poem about it at a poetry class I was taking. And in divinity school, uh, during a master's program after my MDiv, I did a thesis paper on it. And it comes today at this opening of the semester. And I been thinking about it and wanting to say what it is about it that so convicts me and so important. You know, it's not in the Sunday lectionary. There's a more modified version of it from Luke, I think, that's in the lectionary. But this one is incredible. It's incredible first, I think, for its portrayal of the damage done by the possession of this demon in this person, in the country of the Gerasenes. The description of the destruction wrought by this demon possession is so detailed. And it involves him being alone, living not where he's supposed to live, but in the tombs, hurting himself, bruising himself with stones, howling, and just displaying every characteristic of what a human life should not be like. Then there's the description of how strong he is in his madness and possession that no one can tie him up or subdue him, but that his chains are, he continues to break any chains people put around him. And I think here in the story, I think about his mother, his mother, or his children, or the people who love him, who want him to take back possession of himself, and they try with force, and they're unable to do it. Terrible picture of affliction. And then in the dialogue with the demon and Jesus, the story shifts a little bit from the individual to the social and corporate. And you get this uh, dialogue with Jesus where he asks the demons, demon his name. The demon says, we're legion, for we are many, evoking that army of demons, that occupying force that not only occupies a person, but occupies the country, the territory. So you have this sort of social military um, dimension of what these demons are. And even though it doesn't say uh, what they do to the country, you can sort of think by analogy, well, if the demons in this man create this kind of havoc in him, what do they do to the country? Impoverish it, make it impossible for people to practice their faith, uh, pit people one against another, devastating possession. Then we have the wonderful negotiation between the demons and Jesus. Uh, don't send us out of the country, but here are some pigs. Let's go into them. Which, of course, turns out to be a very bad idea. <laughs> and these demon-possessed uh, pigs rush into the sea 
and die in the sea, evoking, of course, that tremendous rout of the Egyptians at the time of the Exodus, so beautifully read several years ago by Case and Farley. Do you remember that? Those Egyptians dead on the seashore? Well, here this exorcism has been not only of the demon destroying this man, but the legion of demons destroying this country. Now the sea has taken them up, subdued them, and those Egyptians are dead upon the seashore. Then we have the picture of the transformed man. Once exorcised of the, de of the demons, the story simply calls him clothed and in his right mind. Isn't that beautiful? Clothed and in those two details. He's been naked. He's been hurting himself. Now he's clothed and he's in repossession of himself. Sane. Again, here I identify with the mother or the wife, child of this man who now is back to himself. And he's clothed and in his right mind. Understated. No more details than that. That's all you need to know about his transformation. Then you have the resistance to this transformation and the fear and alarm provoked in the countryside by a outsider who is now repossessed of himself. And the very thing that makes his mother and his sister and his wife and his child rejoice, sane and in his right mind, makes others fearful and makes the swineherds and the men in the country ask Jesus to leave. Well, and then he'd like to go too. <laughs> Get me out of here. I'd like to go with Jesus in the boat. Tries to negotiate to Jesus what, where he's going to go, just like the demons do. And Jesus says, no, go to your people and proclaim to them what good God has done for you and what mercy he's shown you. And the story ends with our friend clothed and in his right mind, articulate, compelling, persuasive, proclaiming the gospel in the Decapolis. Now this story has something for us today. So many things. But one thing it has is it highlights the destructive power of, call it evil, call it Satan, call it demons, call it addiction, call it mental illness, call it whatever you call it. But it gives that picture of that sad, horrific destruction. And then you think of this destruction in one's country of occupation, of war, and you think of the uh, power in the cosmos, individual, social, cosmic, in the Gospel of Mark. That's the conflict within the country and in the cosmos. The story reminds us that the resistance to God's reign breaking in by demons, by Satan, by addiction, by mental illness, by enemies, 
is fierce. The swine herders resist. The people of Gerasen resist. And many, for us and for others, it's hard to accept this transformation. It's hard to live into it. It's, there's huge resistance against it. I think this is important because we're always thinking, are we winning? Are we losing? Uh, we're losing. Ah! But there's resistance. We're just uh, dealing with this resistance. And the resistance in ourselves as well as in the outside. And God's victory in Jesus. This is a decisive conquest, a decisive victory in Jesus in the resurrection. This transformation of the person is true in the person, it's true in the country, and it's true in the cosmos. And this healed person, it ends with this healed person doing his best to proclaim in the Decapolis the good news of God. It's probably not easy. Probably not, everyone's not just going, yes, yes. He's probably getting some resistance. But he's working out of his sanity and out of his being clothed and out of himself doing this work. The language of enemies and conquest, victory and defeat can be used in a damaging way. But I think when read charitably and when read morally and sensitively, this picture of cosmic conflict in Mark can be so, so encouraging. Both naming the reality of suffering and possession, displaying the power of Jesus to heal and exorcise and create sanity, and creating the picture of ongoing working with resistance, ongoing effort, trying. Okay, there's been a setback. Need to try more. But Jesus has the ultimate victory. And for the mother and the sister and the wife, celebrate this man, no longer in the tombs, no longer hurting himself, no longer bruising himself with stones, but clothed and in his right mind.